Deconstruct with Clark and Alyssa. So I just want to know, Alyssa, is it going to be a white Christmas at Hogwarts? I think it's always a white Christmas at Hogwarts. What about Christmas Uh is more magical than a white Christmas? Snow at Christmas. So is it like a fake white Christmas where they generate snow if there's not, you know, if there's not going to be snow, do they just kind of make it happen? I think fake is a harsh judgment of it. Sorry, <laughs> magical. <laughs> I, I think that they totally could make snow, and they probably do. But they're in the Scottish Highlands, which I think actually is not a very snowy place. Hmm. I think the real question here is if climate change affects, you know, normal Earth, how does it affect, you know, the wizard realm? Like, are they above that? Are they above global? No, they live on our Earth. Huh. Wow. I wonder what their waste is like. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> are are they a zero waste society? Probably not. But we never hear anything about trash bins. Oh, with all those candles burning, they're putting some smoke out. But maybe they're a certain kind of candle? Or like fake flame doesn't emit? Magical flame? Fake flame fake does flame. not emit. <laughs> <laughs> Talking anyway. magical flames, not robot flames, man. <laughs> That's true. Different. So, uh, do you want to talk about the chapters for this yeah. week, Lisa? <clears throat> so, so this week on Wordstruck, we uh, we read two, through two like super dense chapters. The first one is the writing on the wall, chapter uh, nine. Chapter nine. Why don't you give us a little recap and we'll get right into it? So, uh, we learn. Right away that Mrs. Norris has been petrified. That's the term for it. She's got chills. They're multiplying. That's right. It's a, it's petrifying. <laughs> it's electrifying. <laughs> um, and Professor Vince tells the second years the legend of the Chamber of Secrets after people actually pay attention to him. Mm. So he is, though a ghost, still subject to peer pressure. And then the trio visits Moaning Myrtle in her bathroom. And then they make a plan to make a polyjuice potion. Which, in my mind, is a really weak, ill-constructed plan. Like, the, So the whole notion is, these guys want to make a potion so they can look like Draco's friends and then hope that they can convince Draco that they are the friends and then get him talking and like get him to admit to cursing stuff to to being the heir to what exactly what i want to know is why the invisibility cloak has not even occurred to them yet right <laughs> like why can't you just follow some slytherins with your invisibility cloak on to yeah. their common room if you're so convinced that he's gloating so much like i understand like you need to engage with him to try to like to really get the pull it out of him uh-huh but, like, you could just do some spying. But, so, I, I have uh, a, a quibble with this. I think it's it's a very human thing. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem with their characters. A squibble? <laughs> Go on. They're very, uh, it's a very real character problem to have. I'm not disputing the validity of, like, that's what they would focus on. But Harry and Ron's... Like mystery solving, their their detective skills mm-hmm. amount to 
let's find a culprit. Like, I suspect him. And then now we're going to actually go find some evidence to support the fact that he did it. Yeah, yeah. He did it. I know it. I just know he did it. Shoot, where's the proof? Let's go find the proof that proves he did it. Yeah. Rather than, like, actually looking for evidence of what might have happened and letting that lead to a person. Yeah, it's this weird reverse engineering. And I don't know... I don't think it's going to get them anywhere. Like, what What could possibly go right here? I watch a lot of... I, I watch... I, not really anymore. But at one time in my life, I watched a lot of detective shows. And there were a couple of... There was one on Castle. The the detective there would keep chastising Nathan <laughs> Fillion's character. Of like, you can't just pick someone and then find evidence to support <laughs> it. You just need to, like, follow the evidence. Yeah. And it will lead you to the right person. And so I'm just like, you you guys just... And that's exactly needed what they're a, doing. a grown detective to tell you, oh, that's, that's why you're having a problem. You're 12-year-old <laughs> kids and you have no experience <laughs> in this. Okay. I understand. I don't have a problem with their character. But, man, I don't think they're going to get very far with this. Yeah, no. This is not going to end. Well, it's very frustrating. <laughs> assuming they even get everything for the potion and somehow get to where they're talking to it, it there's, there's just, it's not, it's not going to go well. It's, oof, yeah. But that was actually a relatively small part of this chapter. Yeah, it's it's right at the very end and they, um, like, Percy catches them outside Wanting Myrtle's bathroom and chastises them for trying to be little detectives. And deducts five points. Which, Ooh. I... What what is Percy's deal? Like <laughs> why is he so on their case? Like do you, like he tries to make it all noble like Yeah. It's cuz Ginny, you're stressing Ginny out. She's so like sad and homesick and like, Which, like actually would... scared you're going to get expelled and all this stuff. Yeah. And Ron's like, "Yeah, bull. Like you don't care about Ginny. You care about like what this is going to do for your reputation." mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And I feel like Ginny's been through this process so many times of her brothers are in trouble or this and that. Like, She hasn't, she probably hasn't seen it firsthand like this. That's true. That's true. And just seeing the cat petrified, you know, we know that it got to her. Because Ginny is a great cat lover, <laughs> says the book, which has cracked me up. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know what it was about that. It sounded very grand. She's a great cat lover. Ginny is a great cat lover, so Ron said. And I was like... <laughs> I feel like there should be commas in there somewhere. I don't know. Like, there should be, act- like, it should be capitalized. Yeah, and, like, yeah. should come with a cape or something. I don't know. <laughs> but I I sort of wondered when I saw that reaction from Percy. Like, yes, he's uptight. Yes, he has this prefect reputation to maintain. And, mm-hmm. like, he's worried his reputation might droop because he's linked to yeah. the twins. Yeah. And now Ron's being a pill, too. But... I wondered, since he's the oldest of them at school, if maybe he's been talking to the parents and maybe they've revealed more about their, what's going on after the car fallout and all of that. And if he has some family, some bigger picture family issues that he's concerned about. Oh, I didn't even think about that, but it it very well could be. It's Yeah, I, I could see like Molly owling percy and being like you keep him in line because like there was an inquiry at work for arthur like yeah yeah. what what's the fallout of that we haven't seen anything yet and maybe they're trying to make sure that ron is 
has all of his ducks in a row so it doesn't hurt them any more than they might already be hurting and it's like they sent him a howler but i feel like that was kind of a last ditch like well i mean like we sent him a howler what what else can we do at this point you know show up be like hey just watching you you know (laughs) like that can't happen so i could see that there's more on the line for percy um I will say it was undercut a little bit by the five points for Gryffindor. That That's just so... I mean, that's probably all he can do, honestly. And he probably couldn't even do it that often. I think Ron's an old enough kid that, like, if there's a genuine concern that he mm-hmm. has other than, like, stop hurting my reputation. Yeah. Like, Ron's old enough to handle the truth. And per- if Percy just could, like recognize that and stop Mm -hmm. trying to shield ron if that's what he's doing like for real that like all pretense aside this is a problem and everyone's concerned and we're trying to keep everyone okay yeah and and so like if that's the case like I, i wish that percy could recognize that and be a helpful older brother rather than what he is but then he wouldn't be percy <laughs> this does this does kind of lead to a similar um in the same way that i was kind of getting sick of the threats of harry getting like expelled mm-hmm. in the same way it just all those things of them getting caught uh this just seems to pile onto it where it's like I, he's going to continue to get caught for five more books i guarantee it so how are they possibly going to keep the notion of him being worried because they're sneaking out and then, oh, he gets caught and, oh, he thinks he's in big trouble, but then Dumbledore comes in, no big deal. Like, how many times can we do this? Like, now we have Percy doing it. Okay, it's not a teacher. That's nice. It's it's refreshing. We actually get to see a dynamic. It's better than a teacher catching them. I would argue that they weren't doing anything wrong. No, I agree. That's that's yeah. the thing where it's like, I, I don't think they should have been nervous about being caught except for by filch who is a like really quick accuser and is yeah. really paranoid of harry yeah but like other than that they weren't doing anything wrong they like, they two were... guys in the girl's bathroom but like but doing but like what's the that's big deal? not a big deal yeah and being at the scene of the crime like it's a probably well-traversed hallway. Like, yeah. they've probably been at the scene of the crime several times that week going to class. And like, I don't even think they were the first ones to see it, were they? No, like, Filch, Filch had been sitting, patrolling it, and sort of, like, hoping that the yeah, culprit would yeah. return. And it's like, <laughs> the, the, a watched pot never boils, but mm. maybe you wizards don't know that. <laughs> oh, Filch, though. Dude, Filch breaks my heart this chapter. It's very sad. Poor I, guy. I think it, it's the first humanizing moment that we have. Like, we mm-hmm, see mm-hmm. the quick spell reaction, and that is humanizing, but not in a sympathetic way. Yeah, it, and, yeah. And so for the first time, he's a sympathetic character, and I think we needed that. Yeah, definitely. Especially because he has, like, he's been made out to be such a big baddie, and he hasn't had those soft moments like McGonagall or like Dumbledore, where they're like, yeah, we're coming down on you hard, but but only because we care, you mm-hmm. know? We haven't seen that with Filch, but we're kind of seeing it now, though. For, for he doesn't, him, yeah. it's it's not I care about other people. It's like, this is the creature who I love most in the world, and she has been yeah. ripped from me. And which... <sighs> which does lead us to the dramatic and sad conclusion that... Filch that is not Mrs. Norris. Filch is not Mrs. Norris. <laughs> And I know we touched upon that in the last episode and we tried to keep the dream alive, but that lasted for one page. 
and <sighs> you know i'm a little bummed i i knew really deep down that it wasn't the case but man it was fun and and there was so much evidence to support it that i'm like you know what maybe maybe jk rowling just decided to have a little fun and make it so he can do this but alas it's not true he is um can i say this word is this also a racial slur i don't think so because like i mean i guess it could be because clearly mm. seeing some like ron is part of the uh racial problem in the wizarding world (laughs) he's a part of the racial problem (laughs) he is because he's a redhead no because (laughs) i'm kidding i'm kidding uh he definitely feeds into it yeah he yeah he perpetuates it and there are some words that he will not say but there are other ones that so I I could see maybe maybe Squidward is a racial slur, but also maybe it's not. I don't know. Like I, might what, I, it I, I haven't seen any other spoiler alert. I haven't seen any other words to describe that versus. Oh, whereas Mudkip uh, no has um, which which arguably not a racial slur, but it is. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> the censors seem to think so, Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> That one is, um, like, you hear Muggleborn, you hear alternatives to it. Versus yeah. Squidward. We'll never see. Like, he, he, like he is a person of magical parentage who hmm. has limited or no ability. Yeah. Which is, uh, it's pretty sad. Just, I mean, just imagining what that would be like. It's one thing to imagine, you know, Aunt Petunia... And her having to deal with, um, like, a, a witch for a sister. But just, like, your whole family and their life is just easier. And, and not even easier, but just straight up magical. Well, like, things just work differently. It's a different schedule. It's a different everything. And, like, ma- he, magic things respond to him. He can use magical items. Like, he still functions in he, Hogwarts. He can so. see Hogwarts. Like, yeah, yeah. That's a thing... I, th- I think it said in the first book that, like, when you stumble upon Hogwarts it, and you're a muggle, it just kind of looks like an abandoned place. Yeah, So, yeah. like, he perceives it. He can go places. So he's got something in his blood, but just not enough to actually cast the spells. So, and how heartbreaking must that be? But I, my question when all of these things start coming out about Filch is, why on earth does he work at a school? Uh... Like, he's working at a place where people are educated in magic and he can't do that i mean maybe oh man like he can he could work in diagon alley he could open a shop in diagon alley yeah and get a business partner and like sell books he might get robbed blind have open an apothecary there you go or or like open a a pet shop he loves cats like Why is why is he not some sort of entrepreneur or something else that like business does not require magic? Probably there are some things that are a lot harder to do without magic in the wizarding yeah. world, but find a partner. I I think it's a matter of exposure. I think that if you have been living as an outsider your whole life, you might just embrace that as who you are and you might seek out work where you know they're like well, you should know, you spend a lot of time after hours cleaning up after people. You don't really communicate with people directly. And he's like, yeah, you know, I can work with that. And they're like, well, your office is downstairs in this dungeon. And he's like, 
yeah, I think I can work with that. Like, I think it, it helps him hide away from the world, just kind of being this, I, I don't know. I, I think Ron probably gets to the point of this, uh, to, to the actual root, and that's that he's bitter. And, yeah, yeah. And in his position, he can sort of nurse that bitterness yeah. by punishing magical kids. Yeah, he has power over people that have powers over him. Yeah. So... So yeah. it's 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 very sad. He's still like he's a sympathetic character, but he's still not one hundred percent likable. Hmm. So <clears throat> now that we've kind of got Filch out of the way, no, no offense. I mean, he'll come back and stuff. But oh, yeah. I, I want to try to preempt a question that I think you might ask me because I <laughs> because every time I say that, you give me this look of like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do not think that Harry Potter is the heir. I don't, because for a while there, for a split second there, Harry Potter thinks he might be the heir, and he remembers back to when the Sorting Hat is like, well, you know, you could be in Slytherin, and you could be pretty powerful. Uh, I don't know. You're not saying anything. That doesn't give me much to work with, but... That's, um, my role is not to spoil. Um... If, if he is the heir, why this year? Why not? You know, because like, oh, well, Voldemort was last season. And it's like, yeah, but Voldemort, like, could have had both at the same time. And then we'd actually, you know, stuff would get done. So uh, that was one thing that was really interesting to me was Professor Binns's telling of of basically Hogwarts's founding. Mm-hmm. And in that also telling the legend of the Chamber of Secrets. And what he said was it was about a century ago. So that would like maybe the century mark is part of it like like whatever's in the chambers cooked long enough and here we go oh. um but that uh, a lot of interesting things came out of that that history of magic hmm. lecture that so maybe something takes a long time to incubate maybe hmm. um i it it was just like it, it seemed like well if hogwarts was opened about a century ago like that's that's a very neat number. That is a neat number. I didn't remember him saying that. That whole scene was pretty funny, though, where for once this ghost had all these kids' attention. And, and he's he like, just, I don't know what to do with this. He, I guess I'll tell you the story that I think is poppycock. Like, I actually have a problem with this story, but... <laughs> like, for once, you're listening to me. <laughs> and I do like the description of um, he's just a professor that one day just got up to go do something or to go back to teaching or whatever and left his body in the chair and just kind of his didn't his really notice routine yeah. hasn't changed since and i'm like huh yeah that's a that's a nice um it's a good picture they painted it really is because i feel like i really did get it and i'm like you know i've had those professors i had one that taught like a history of japan and like pre-world war one and like every day he just came up and he just talked just in this monotone voice like reading out of notes the students didn't even really need to be there by his no none of the stuff was actually on the quiz like i passed the class and i slept and or arrived like super late like most days and i still passed because i read the materials so anyway i've totally been there it's Um, and i loved like like he got everyone's names wrong but they were kind of close mm -hmm. and that made me wonder is he like 
just unable to remember or has he been doing this for so long that like that person actually reminds him of previous students with those names that's my guess that's totally i was like i love that idea that that she's your name starts with a g and you're kind of smart and annoying miss grant right (laughs) Uh uh-huh you are irish you're (laughs) (laughs) o'flaherty he's he's uh, inadvertently racist uh yeah, I don't so, know. But... I liked that, and I liked how Herm- Hermione just, like, like, no one else thinks to ask him, because he's, like, a useless teacher, mm-hmm. but she's Hermione, and she's, like, he's a teacher for a reason. Like, if I ask him a question, why not? Yeah. Like, Hermione was different this chapter. Can we can we touch on that? Like, How so? She was intently focused on reading and researching, and it's not very often that she just won't let something go. And this is one time where she is very insistent on not letting this go. And she's willing to talk to Myrtle and she's willing to take the initiative and, and say, like, let's go out. Let's get like, let's break some rules for the sake of this. And if they hadn't gotten the book, like if they hadn't gotten permission from Lockhart, I know she would have gotten the invisibility cloak and gone to get that book. Mm, we've already seen. Yeah, we've already seen in the first book, Harry put the invisibility cloak on went to the restricted section and the book started screaming at him oh yeah so that is not an option i figured that was just one book but uh yeah i don't know it's just hermione yeah but you don't know what like you don't know that's true that's just that book like they don't know i think that that's that's probably security on on it once you've experienced that once you're not going to try again (laughs) yeah like yeah not with filch on the rampage um Either way, though, it seems like Hermione's just been different lately. I think part of her intent focus on figuring out this Chamber of Secrets thing is she knows she's read it and she knows where she's read it. Yeah. And it's just killing her that, like, she's like, I know where to find it, but everyone else has it except for me. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I left my copy at home. Bah! And so, (laughs) so she's just. The, it's it's sort of uh, like when you get an earworm in your head, like oh, the, a song uh-huh, that's uh-huh. like you just hear the one line of the one verse over and over and over again and drives you bonkers until you actually listen to the whole thing. Yeah. I think that's what we're witnessing with Hermione. Of I just need to hear the legend and figure it out. And then there's the fact that at the beginning of the chapter, you know, they're the ones who find Mrs. Norris mm, and the mm. Malfoy like does his like, little evil monologue thing of right enemies of the air beware which like <laughs> malfoy like way to like <sighs> be a total douche be a total douche and look like <laughs> really guilty or contributing or like not more just in the sense of like why are you celebrating this like it's just not okay i, I think he's he's perpetuating fear like that, yeah. that's a scary thing to come upon and yeah he feels empowered by the fear that he's perpetuating. But mm. um, but they come upon that, and there are all these students in the hall, and Filch accuses Harry, and then Dumbledore is like, okay, like we need to like figure this out away from this crowd. Let's all go here. We're going to go to Lockhart's office. And he calls the trio with him. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, why? Because Filch accused Harry? Okay, so bring Harry. Why are you calling the other two? Why are you bringing them into this? And it's, um, I don't remember why I went here. Um, but like, she is now included in this. Yeah. And so I think Hermione is 
a much more inquisitive and determined student of life in that like a, a question has been posed to her and she feels that it is within her reach to figure it out and so she's gonna yeah <laughs> yeah that makes sense uh so yeah i agree she's she's proactive she's not the girl who's gonna sit against the sinks in the bathroom while the troll approaches her yeah no and not do anything anymore no 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 but she's also taken a potion that could have very much been a poison that killed her yeah she's been through a lot six months ago and now she's willing to make another one which is so complicated and that by the way like where does snape get off telling second years what book this forbidden potion is in like yeah i was like why (laughs) what do you think about hermione's interactions with uh lockhart because I thought they kind of tiptoed around that because, like, they made it look like she was a little bit like, oh, but not too much, though. It seemed like she was kind of able to set that aside for the most part. Like, like I think... felt like she was acting. And it was kind of interesting to see her act. Because she's not very good at it with Moni Myrtle, that's for sure. No, she's any time that she is disingenuous about anything it's painfully obvious but her interactions (laughs) with gilderoy felt pretty natural i think she she is learning how to lie Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. last book the the problem was like they would make up these outlandish lies but for her she kept it pretty close to the truth like she only had one line in there about like it's it's I read your book and I'm going to flatter you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And it made me curious and I I want to I want to try something. And so like she she couches it with flattery and only says like one thing that's not true and the, all the rest of it is true. She's and getting so, good. She's that's how you it do it. Yeah. Yeah. Keep keep the lie as close to the truth as possible. And so I didn't I didn't um I didn't even really perceive it as acting. I thought it was and and I think because she also had probably prepared for it there versus hmm. Moaning Myrtle was, oh, and suddenly we're going to Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. <laughs> Maybe she's not going to want to talk to us. And also, like, she actually, I think she still kind of likes Lockhart. And yeah, so she yeah. likes interacting with him versus Moaning Myrtle. She does not like interacting with She doesn't no. know how to talk to this person. Myrtle was funny. She like hid like inside the <gasps> toilet. She's so dramatic. You can't say anything right. She's just terrible. I went in the bathroom to go kill myself, and then I remembered I'm already dead. <laughs> uh, come on. Excuse me while I splash into the toilet. Yeah, it's funny though. Um, she's, she's a character. It's great. So I do have one last comment um, before we move on to favorite quotes. Or do you have anything else about this chapter? Um. I, I had uh, one one other thing that I wanted to talk about. Sure. Um, and that was, uh, like, Dumbledore gives Harry a very clear opening to say, why were you there? What's wrong? Yeah, yeah. Why on earth has Harry not learned yet to trust the adults? <laughs> like, it's Dumbledore. He knows he's the most powerful wizard. Yeah, and that he's on his side. And yeah. has been on his side through, like, everything in the past. And nothing about Dumbledore's demeanor has has threatened Harry in that scene. Like, there was... 
No, he was just watching him. The first, our first encounter with Dumbledore in this book, Dumbledore is clearly disappointed. Yeah. And so, like, maybe if there'd been some hint in the writing that, like, Harry, like, feels like their relationship has been shaken yeah. in some way. Yeah. But we don't see any hint of that. And I'm just like, why? Like, you heard a voice. It scared you. And you followed it at the same time. Yeah. To see where it went because it was saying alarming things about killing people. And then you arrived there and you saw that. Like, that's not a bad, it's not a bad thing to witness. That would have been good for Dumbledore (laughs) to know. Like, that would have been really helpful. Instead, we have another chapter and then another person is petrified. Mm -hmm. And because (laughs) Dumbledore is like, I don't know, somebody, something petrified this cat. I don't really know what it is. And then... Mm. He's got to have a hunch. I mean, he's got to. Okay, so, uh, this the, never, for the next chapter, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I was about to launch into a thing anyway. What, what did you want to say? Uh, a little sentence was dropped in here that is, uh, again, uh, J.K. Rowling's getting a lot better at subtlety with some reveals. Um, mm-hmm. So it was on page 152 when um, the professor was telling the story of the Chamber of Secrets, the legend of the Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. And a student says, but professor, <clears throat> you'd probably have to use dark magic to open it. And she, and the professor says, just because a wizard doesn't use dark magic doesn't mean he can't. I repeat, if the likes of Dumbledore, and then she gets cut off. She's essentially saying Dumbledore knows dark magic and is capable of using it. And like, maybe we knew that. And maybe that's obvious because like, if he's, you know, hiring people for defense against the dark arts and stuff. Like, of course, like, know thy enemy, right? Like, yeah, I, th- I think it's like, uh, yeah, defense against the dark arts is a great example of how do you know how to defend yourself if you don't know what's out there? Yeah. But Dumbledore can actually, like, I, I think that's a, a more telling sentence than the, the, the chapter really gives credence to. Because it's pretty much saying Dumbledore can use dark magic. Not not that he knows how to counter it. Not that he knows a lot about it. But he can use it. And that's the first they've talked about that in these books. And that means, you know, it's it's like um, the gun. What's the name of the gun? That if you see it, it has to go off. There's a name for it. But I think it's like that. Because we know that Dumbledore can use dark magic. At some point in the books, he will use dark magic. Hmm. I think it's got to happen. Why? Why else even bring it up? You know. I guess I've never. I've because I read this when I was so young. I've never thought of, um, like there being like I, I figured all magic is magic and some oh. is is dark, but I haven't really thought about it in terms of like it pulls at a different part of your soul that you might not have. Or, yeah. Or or different. It's like you don't have that muscle. Like I've never really thought about it that way um and so is it just sort of seemed like almost like um like you can own a gun and kill someone with it or Mm. you can own a gun and go hunting with it like one is dark and one is not (laughs) that sort of a thing Yeah, yeah um and so it isn't necessarily uh i don't know i i i guess i've never thought about it being 
an impossible wall to climb for someone or like once you do climb that wall then you have to do it again or yeah or and maybe it changes your very character like, once you tap into it yeah. yeah but but there are totally stories that are that way that like mm-hmm. you once you do it it's like an addiction and once or or like you need to have a certain thing in your soul yeah it's the pull of predicates the... you to it yeah it's like the pull of the dark side you yeah know? yeah i've never thought of, for, for the huge star wars fan that i am i have never thought about it that way yeah and in a way the, the force is similar too where like it's it's the same weapon it's just used yeah. differently yeah you're pulling out of it in a different way but yeah uh, no that's that's a really interesting observation it's chekhov's gun is what i was thinking of by yes the way. chekhov's gun Whew, that was gonna bother me. Uh, How very Hermione of you! I know this. <laughs> I know it. I've read it somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that was just something that I, I noticed a passing line, and I'm like, that matters. That right there, that line matters. And they buried it in this long legend of the Chamber of Secrets, just because they're like, well, you're gonna kick yourself when you come back to this in a few books. Reading through this, it sometimes is painful, but it's treasure hunting. Yeah. It's finding yeah. little nuggets like that that are like this. It seems like a throwaway, but it's not. Yeah, it's like nobody's going to comment on this. Nobody. Nobody in the classroom is going to be like, oh, excuse me, real quick, Dumbledore, dark magic. What? <laughs> Just didn't happen. Yes, Mr. Howard. Ha- how- like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> do the Mr. Bins. <laughs> mess up your name. Um, so are we ready for favorite quotes? Yes. Favorite quotes. I'll sing it this time. You're better at it. But. <laughs> uh, so what was your favorite quote? Hmm. I'm so glad it's not your favorite quote. Cause <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were worried about me. I was. I was. I was like, Clark's gonna laugh so hard if he. Oh man. So it's when it's right at the beginning of the chapter mm. on page mm. 141. Mm. Um, and Dumbledore has just relocated all of them to Lockhart's office, and uh, it's a little scenes that are here. It's as they entered Lockhart's doc- darkened office, there was a flurry of movement across the walls. <laughs> Harry saw several of the Lockharts in the pictures dodging out of sight, their hair in rollers. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that a lot. It's like I, I loved that whole scene. It was, it was sort of a solemn, scary scene in some ways. <laughs> like you don't really know what's going to happen here. You don't really know why he's been pulled into this. We know that he didn't do it. And like, are, is the hammer of justice going to come down on him undeservedly? Yeah. But all the while, we have the peanut gallery of the Lockhart <laughs> observers, the little chorus of hair rollers. And I was like, I love this. Which was continued. And I like the follow-up almost more on the next page. Yeah. <laughs> where uh, This isn't my favorite quote. I just like it, though. But the photographs of Lockhart on the walls were all nodding in agreement as he talked. One of them had forgotten to remove his hairnet. <laughs> his hairnet. <laughs> because... <laughs> Of course, also the men are very concerned about their hair. Oh, yes. <laughs> of course. It's, it's such a great little funny juxtaposition in that scene to like help it along and give it a little bit of whimsy, even though this sort of mm-hmm. scary thing happened, really. Yeah, it's a nice little moment. Yeah. Uh, so my favorite quote, it is different than most of my usual quotes. I, I just like it for what it does. Um it's on page 145. Again, looking back now, I'm like, this is my favorite. Okay, okay. But uh, so the whole thing is uh, Harry had, I think they ducked off into a classroom, an empty classroom after this whole thing. And they were talking and Harry's like, should I tell him about the voices? What should I, blah, 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 blah. And they're having this conversation. And then just out of nowhere, it just says, a clock chimed somewhere. And for some reason, like, that is like a writing to, like a transition into the next screen. It's just like, a clock chimed somewhere. Not like 
the the large grandfather clock in the corner began to chime or like the the school bells rang as they do every midnight hour it's just like a clock chimed somewhere yeah it's just a a nice little subtle trigger you don't need to make a big scene out of it Mm -hmm. like doesn't need to be a clock with meaning. I wonder if it started as a clock with meaning. Yeah, and this is... <laughs> somewhere in the editing, and someone's like, no, you just need a transition, give it a clock, give it somewhere, move on. And I think that's why I chose it, because this is one of the examples, because I actually stopped and I noticed it, and I'm like, this is J.K. Rowling with an editor. This is this is something that happened... She could have made something out of this. She would. I mean, she has before. She's made bigger deals she about smaller things. She could have made some kind of symbol out of this clock yeah. and used it somewhere in book eight. Yeah, and it'd be like, oh, this grandfather clock, is that the same one that rang? But, like, no, it's just a clock chimed somewhere, and it got him to the next train of thought. And I saw that, and I'm like, huh, that thought went into that. And, and that was an intentional decision, and... Sure, it's not exciting. It's a clock chimes. It's like the most generic segue you could possibly tidy. have. It's tidy writing. But it's instead. tidy. And so I like it for that reason because it's it's a little sign of like, okay, things are getting better. <laughs> like, you little Spartan mm-hmm. Spartan sentence lover. It you. is. It is. Brutalism. So on to the next chapter, which is called... Da, 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 with the best chapter art ever. <laughs> It's in the show notes at uh, secretweaponproductions.com. Uh, you'll see like the little the little chapter art for chapter 10. Oh, since I'm talking about online stuff, by the way, um, you can tweet us like your answers and like your responses to everything. You can tweet us at WordstruckPod, and you can find us on Facebook, and uh, you can review us on iTunes, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. But yeah, so that's where we're at. <laughs> anyway, uh, chapter 10, what happens? So chapter 10 is the rogue bludger. Mm. Um, And in this chapter, Harry gets Lockhart's signature for the potions book that they're going to uh, get out of the restricted restricted section. Mm -hmm. And Gryffindor plays Slytherin and Harry cannot escape a bludger, which breaks his arm. And then he catches a snitch with said broken arm. And then afterward, Lockhart debones his arm, sends Harry to the hospital wing in a worse state than he was in to begin with. And uh, then we see Dobby again, who reveals that he's been Harry's problem all along. (laughs) And then at the very end, we see Colin is taken out of commission. (laughs) So. Nice. A lot happens. Holy buckets. In fact, so much happens in this (laughs) chapter. That I felt the need to just, like, sum it up in, like, a concise little Harry Potter haiku. So I'll read that for you right now. It misses a lot of stuff, but, you know, embrace the simplicity, Alyssa. Lay it on me. All right. Dobby strikes again. This time with a bad bludger. Broken bones aren't fun. What about removed bones? <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. All right. So, so Everyone needs an editor. <laughs> <laughs> removed bones aren't fun. I'll so, fix it in post. Um, send us your Harry Potter haikus. <laughs> I want to see more of this. <laughs> please, please do. I would love a Harry oh, Potter haiku. So much. Anyway, um, so... Quidditch. We get to see some Quidditch in this, which she took a very different take on the Quidditch match 
from the first book, which with all of the Lee Jordan uh, commentary, we didn't hear any of that this time around, did we? Like, I, I don't think that was no, character it was a, at all. No, it was a completely different take on a Quidditch match. Yeah, which I appreciate because I've already seen the last one. So I don't, I don't want to... Uh, I don't want to have every Quidditch match feel like I've seen this before. Yeah, yeah. And I also don't want a rogue bludger in every Quidditch match, so I hope the next one that we see has some, you know, spins the die a little differently. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like maybe a quirky quaffle, perhaps? <laughs> I don't want any of the flying mm-hmm. effects. I'm, I'm trying to come up with a word that's not balls. <laughs> failing. Story of my life. <laughs> i don't want any of the flying equipment tampered with at all in the next one like i need a different something and i don't need it to necessarily be a a violent moment although the last quidditch match that we saw was also like there was treachery so everything's his broom's been messed with and now a bludger so this whole thing just leads me where where are the rules where are the referees in this game i couldn't believe that no one called it out no like, one like and they called the timeout and everyone's like why like, why are we doing a timeout yeah and, and granted i i imagine with only one ref like it, it's like a football game you need three refs for that yeah but they only have one and so maybe it's just poor rules in that game of how many refs there are and they just they need to have more in order to properly enforce yeah. the rules but i feel like it's a wider set of problems than that i man. i couldn't believe that harry and wood were like whatever disqualification forfeiting the game is a bigger problem yeah. than the risk to harry's life right now <laughs> like, and this guy getting like constantly beat down by something hundreds of feet in the air and he doesn't even have a bat. I thought somebody would be like, hey, here's a bat. Like, and then they'd be like, he can't have a bat. That's cheating. And then he'd hit it into Malfoy. And I'd be like, ah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought that's where the whole thing was going, by the way. When he was like, flying through the air. And he saw the snitch and it was right next to Malfoy. I thought he was going to catch the snitch. And then the bludger was going to catch Malfoy. And I was like, yeah. And then it just didn't happen. <laughs> so, oh, it's- well, it was still good. Yeah, it it was um like and, and the fact that he needed both of the twins mm-hmm. on either side of him to keep this thing from taking him out and it, it's and it still was close. Is problematic yeah. that that no one saw a problem with this like no one saw enough of a problem with this to override Wood and Harry's like yeah. win or die sentiment. Yeah. Um which I can't even believe that that Wood could look at that and be like, Harry's, he's still going to catch the snitch. We're still going to win. <laughs> like, definitely doable. Versus, like, Slytherins have scored how many points on us already? And they don't have this bludger problem. And then we only have one bludger to actually shoot at the Slytherins. Yeah, yeah. So, like, their rookie seeker is not going to somehow triumph over Harry. Like it's it's miraculous that Harry actually catches the snitch. It was in lucky. That there's so little skill involved with these Harry Potter. Which I I would say that's because Malfoy was way more concerned with mocking Harry than true, actually true. winning the game. Yeah, because he could have. If he'd had his his attention actually on winning, he's like, I don't I don't even have competition right now. Like yeah. 
we're ahead if I catch a snitch. Like, but I think that's very much Slytherin's will, like, he, it's almost against his Slytherin way of, like, at all costs, I will triumph. Yeah, it's a very so, young Slytherin thing. Yeah, it's like, I will triumph over my rival, not, like, bring my team to a win. It's it's the ugly side of Slytherin. So speaking of, of like, new Slytherins falling into, into new roles, have were we ever introduced to a first-year Slytherin this time around? Like, I'm trying to think of, like, who the heir could even be. Or, I mean, like, I think the heir is a movement, and that's kind of confirmed. Does it have to be a first-year? I think it would certainly help. I don't know, but maybe, like you said, it's the 100-year mark that really makes a difference. I don't know. See, see, this is hard. This is one well, thing. Maybe, like, it's the heir of Slytherin, but he actually, he or she, didn't actually know where the chamber was. Like, it's one of those, like, old family legends, but it's, like, written in Middle English. Yeah, and, like, yeah. nobody knows how to read that. And, like, the family says it, and they say it with such confidence, but, like, we don't actually know what it means. Right. <laughs> like, and then you actually we'll go there. there. Yeah. And, and it's like, dude, they've remodeled. Like, <laughs> they added new modern sinks, and they've added, like, new broom closets, and they've added whole parts of, like, ma- magic probably makes things bigger on the inside. They probably use tar- TARDIS logic. TARDIS like, logic, yes. So, like, the library's grown, even though, <laughs> because there are more books now. Like, Could be. You can't just make the property bigger. Uh, yeah, that's... I don't know. I'm trying to figure out who it is. Um, I'm trying to figure out... Okay, so we saw spiders in the windowsill. I guess that was kind of last chapter? That was the last it? chapter, but okay. that's okay. They went back to look for evidence, and they like actually found evidence, uh, which is something. But, um, but, but what does it mean? <laughs> but what does it mean? Uh, but they found spiders, and like I swear, this is ringing so many bells of like... I could have sworn. like I don't know if I just like read this part, or like... I don't know what happened, but I could have sworn there were all these little spiders that they follow the spiders, and there's a big spider. And I do not know where that fits into this book, but, like, I can't shake that. And I don't know, again, like, maybe I read this part of Harry Potter when I was a kid or something, because I very much remember a bunch of little spiders going to a big spider. But I, I didn't know. I don't know. I have so many... Even though I felt really vindicated reading this chapter, I'm like, oh, man, I got so many things right. I, I feel like I, I nailed what the air is and kind of how it came to be and what it represents and who's the target. Uh, I nailed. You the... did think the air was, like, a group. It was... Well, and I still kind of... I mean, it kind of is the... in a way. It mm. represents a group. Yeah, I mean, it, it represents the heirs of Slytherin. Like, yeah, supposedly but it is, all of them could have opened. Yeah, supposedly. But it is like an actual heir. It is one dude, as far as yeah. So I, I don't know. As many things as I felt I got right, I still don't have many answers for what comes next. I don't know, but it seems like there's going to be a big spider. Um, I still think there needs to be a basilisk somewhere. That's not going away. Like, there's a lot of snakes on the cover. There's got to be a basilisk, especially what's turning things to stone. It's not a spider. There's no way. Uh, I guess maybe, but... Anyway, um, I will say, Colin is a statue. And that feels so good to say. It just feels so good to say. He is quiet. You're like, I'm relieved of this annoying person. And he was the first to go, which is great. I was a little bit worried that they would take the Hufflepuff first, and when, so when I saw the Hufflepuff, and he was kind of scared and ran away, 
like a huffle would. Um, I'm like, okay, yeah. he's okay. He's okay. Uh, but I hadn't heard from Colin in a while, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it was great. You know he'd be all up in Harry's business. Which, by the way, mm. so Dumbledore finds Colin only because he's wants more hot chocolate. I'm like, that's a loadable. Yep. Dumbledore is out looking for mischief. Yeah, like, yeah. He has a hunch that something's going on late at night, and he's on patrol. And I'm... Out, I wanted more hot chocolate. That like, is believable from Dumbledore specifically because he does have a sweet tooth. But Dumbledore I, doesn't go somewhere to get hot chocolate. Dumbledore just makes hot chocolate happen. Yeah, I, I think Dumbledore, it, it, if he really wanted hot chocolate, he did not have to go all the way through the castle to make it happen. Yeah, and, yeah. and he knows that people will buy that. If he says, I just wanted more hot chocolate. He doesn't want to reveal to someone... Yeah, yeah, that he was... That he's on the hunt, and he buys into this, and he's concerned. Yeah, because that's bad business. And, uh, and the minute and the minute Dumbledore's concerned, like, there's going to be panic in the school. Yeah. Like, our fearless leader feels fear. Yeah, that's a problem. That, oh my gosh, everybody panic. So I think he's trying to not lose the upper hand. It is interesting that he doesn't know how to clear the uh, petrify, by the way. And that he's like, oh, well, I guess Mrs. Sprout can handle it. And Gilderoy's like, no, I'll handle it. And Snape's like, hello, hey. Hey, guys. (laughs) You took the job I wanted. You're not taking the job I have, too. Exactly, (laughs) yeah. It's just like, man, poor Snape. I also like that Snape, uh, in the... I I know we're going back to last chapter with all this, but, like, when he was in uh, uh, Filch's office, he, like... Lockhart's to get office. Lockhart's office. Yeah. Yeah. He, like, managed to be, like, half in shadow because well, he's Snape. Well, and he was, he's like... the bad guy. He looked like he was trying not to smile. I noticed that. And I'm like, what are you up to over there? Like, yeah. who? Why is... And then... Harry's not observing these things. The narrator is. It's like, going what is way. going on? And then I was like, oh, he's he's trying to basically set Harry up. Okay, yeah. I see. Okay. But his face was, like, warping and getting more twisted. And the thing is, if I were to take the narrator for their word, this would be a really awkward thing to actually watch. <laughs> like, really awkward. Because he's like, just like, ha, 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 ha. It's just like, that's really weird. I don't... Even I didn't like what I just did there. But that's, like, what the narrator, like, was explaining. So... Yeah, it was... It was weird. Not exactly subtle, but <laughs> he's one of these days. He's really gonna get him. His uh, Snape's gonna he's gonna get him all expelled. So we see um, Dumbledore and McGonagall. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, bringing Colin in, and they're carrying him. They're lugging him. Yeah, and they said what looks like a statue, which makes me think: Is he gray stone or is he a frozen person? We don't know. Because Greystone seems Basilisk Medusa to me. But, like, Frozen person? Just, like, they look the same. They're just, like, in their same pose, same colors. They haven't turned completely to stone. Just, like, straight up petrifying. A spider might be able to do that. I don't know. This whole spider thing is throwing me off. It's very Shelob. It is. Yeah, exactly. Or it's, like, some kind of stinger or some kind of glare. So it's, like, I... There's got to be a basilisk. But at the same time, there's also, like, what... Okay, I, I now think this is a phoenix on the cover, may I say. I think that's a phoenix. Okay. I think the first time around, I said something... Comp- you said a hippogriff, and I was like, 
No, no, no. I looked that up. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not a hippogriff. It's definitely I don't know what that is. But 100% not, not like, a hippogriff. Hippogriffs are, like, weird. <laughs> so new theory, and I feel like I haven't completed a single sentence. Like, I, I keep jumping around from theory to theory to theory in this uh, particular chapter. I think the only way to cure a petrified person is with, like, a phoenix feather. Which is like what Harry's reaching for. Dumbledore already, like, he knows they're petrified. And he's like, eh, Professor Sprout's raising mandrakes. Like. Raising mandrakes, an ABC (laughs) family series. Uh, I would watch that so fast. (laughs) I can just see it now. (laughs) Everyone passes out. Except for the mother who lovingly put on the earmuffs beforehand. Uh, we're gonna but, be rich. So he's not. He doesn't seem overly concerned about curing them. Like hmm. he he seems pretty confident in the Professor Sprout mandrake potion thing. Yeah. I don't know. The, the... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's it's just weird. Uh, I did like the little detective moment of like they saw that he had a camera and like this look flashed across their eyes and they're like check the film maybe you took a picture and i'm just like this is so uh this is such a little clip out of something that's not harry potter yeah this is some some it's very castle it's very detective show yeah yeah it's great with the whimsy and the potentially fantasy uh monsters and beasts and all that it's very castle speaking of fantasy monsters and beasts and stuff Harry's interactions with Lockhart in the class are so... <laughs> he wants that signature bad. He if he's going to role play Lockhart's escapades it's and so good. his gadding with ghouls, like, oh, it's... I can't even put it into words. That just is so funny. dedication, and I, I just, I want more of it all the time. I want Harry to, like be in an acting class i want there to be a wizard acting class yes absolutely i just picture his classmates being like come on and they're kind of looking at harry like why why are you such a bad actor (laughs) and like why why even feed into this at all you know like i wonder how much of that is a power dynamic though of of how many of the kids in the class are like i'll just think goodness he did not call on me because he was gonna do this no matter what yeah and you can't say no to him and like he wanted a volunteer and all the girls in the class hands shot up and Mm. of course he picked harry potter and they're just like more annoyed at the fact that like those two seem just two peas in a pod like lockhart is always gosh he just wants to be lockhart when he grows up and (sighs) like all the dudes disenchanted all the girls just jealous but like also enamored and so just like watching with like mixed emotions of like i wish it were me but oh my gosh lockhart i wish it were me if Ginny were in that class she would just have no idea what to do with herself she's like but harry but but like, lockhart who do i like more but harry <laughs> lockhart do does better for? voices <laughs> like, yeah but harry is actually age appropriate <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so this that whole interaction was hilarious and it it's just so cringy, man. Like, what are they learning from this class? Oh, my gosh. It's the worst. Like, I, I could see some role-playing actually being effective mm-hmm. as a, a def- learning defense against the dark arts. But <laughs> I get the sense that they've done no magic yeah, <laughs> in this nope, class. Not at all. It is story time. <laughs> that is what their class is. And it's 
sad. Well, especially because Gilderoy can't do magic. We see that again here. He can't. He he knows enough words to be like, well, I know arms and bones. And how to remove stuff like breaks, I guess. I don't know how so, you remove a break in a bone. But Do you uh, still think that... Like, do, do you think it was an accident? Do you think he honestly doesn't know? Or or is he working some long con? I see. Like, this is it? I don't know. <laughs> and, and and this is... I wish I had answers for this. Because I, I felt so on top of it last episode. And this episode, I'm coming out with nothing. Like, yeah. he seems... If he's a sleeper agent, he's doing a great job at it. So, like, maybe that is the case. I don't think he's the heir but maybe is the heir i don't know uh he is a first year in his own way a first year teacher well exactly and like who else can really be walking around the halls who knows just enough about dark art stuff it's kind of like i was saying before he'd be a good sleeper cell because he could play dumb about all this dark art stuff and then like like everyone rolls their eyes and doesn't want him to do things like why why is he not like maybe there's an underlying like snape doesn't want him to make the yeah, note, yeah but also like you came here and then this started happening yeah so that does seem like um definitely some type of coincidence he could still be a sleeper honestly i'm not sure i feel like this particular chapter it did bring the spotlight back onto him a lot more but it didn't lead me to think that he has any kind of evil intentions so she could be really bearing the lead it could be I don't know. You agreeing with me doesn't actually convince me. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But here's the thing: uh, he took Harry out, and then that night, Colin was petrified. Took took Harry out. What? He like removed bones from Harry's arm, which oh. that fix. Madame Pomfrey said she could have done in minutes. Yeah, so he and was then tied suddenly up for the night. Harry is unable to be sniff out, out, out. Which, granted, he's a second year. But yeah, that's a good he's point. clearly a meddlesome second year, and he might have been out hunting for things. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. It scares me that you're feeding into this, but uh, I do... That is a good point. I, so, okay, there is some evidence out there that Gilderoy is behind all of this. Um, I still... Uh, I don't know, though. For some reason, that's not sitting right with me. I just don't know who else to point it at. I, it's not Draco. Draco's not smart. Like, it's... <laughs> It's just not going to work like that. You Let's know? talk about that because the boys are convinced and Hermione is curious enough to enable them to yeah. figure it out. So why why do you think it's not Draco and how much time are they going to waste on Draco if that's the case? I think it's like you said, like they're 12 year olds and that's their arch nemesis. And, and he is, you know, he seems pretty enthusiastic about the whole cause of the, the error and you know, it's a pretty good target. And I don't know, I think it just makes sense from their super narrow perspective. I really wish they would talk to Hagrid about it. I wish they would talk to an adult about Hashtag it. Hashtag ask an adult. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so where is Hagrid, by the way? We've seen him like once or twice this book, and it makes me really bummed out. Keeping the grounds? I don't know. Uh, keeping them. <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe, maybe he'll play a part with the spider thing if that's a thing. Anyway... Or if there's a beast in general, he's pretty good with beasts. So even a basilisk. He likes them. He at least likes critters, yeah. I wonder if he would like a basilisk. Mm, He'd be interested. He'd probably take one of their eggs in a bet. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, he would. <laughs> totally. So why Draco? It just seems like an obvious thing, and and they're clearly not. They're not thinking big enough because I think it's obvious that it's not Draco. How could it be Draco? What? What? Draco's just not that smart or thinking ahead enough or like bloodthirsty. It's just not a thing, man. But he is he does come from a long line of Slytherins and it is possible that like the timing was right like the century thing mattered Mm -hmm. and his father is sort of directing him or his mother is sort of directing him but his father is the person we've met so I think the one thing that disqualifies him is whoever the heir is went to the chamber opened the chamber using dark magic and then set whatever this thing that's doing all the freezing free. So I gauged on that. I don't think Draco's reaction would be appropriate where he stumbled across it just like everybody else. And then he kind of like, yeah, cheer, yeah. All with the air. He, like he said, like I was saying, he did something that kind of made it look pretty obvious that he was supportive of the cause. Like, I, I think that if he really were responsible, he'd just kind of fade into the background or be like, it, it's I don't know. He's. I mean, I. Asking I think a lot it, out of him. I think it could be a twelve-year-old, and I think that twelve-year-old could be arrogant about it. Yeah. I, I think if if you're, if you're the kind of person to open the chamber of secrets and unleash a beast that is some sort of harmful thing mm-hmm. on the masses, and to target certain students with that beast. Yeah. Like you. And, and you feel it as, like, your divine right. Like, mm-hmm. you, this is a thing that you have inherited and you are bolstered by that. I, I think the right kind of person in Malfoy would be that kind of person. That person would stand up and say, what of it? Yeah. Like, he, yeah. Wouldn't, he wouldn't say, of course it's me. But he'd be like. It's like, whoever did this was pretty cool. That huh? guy's totally rad. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. Uh... He also has cool hair. <laughs> like. Like, he, uh, he would glow left and right. I still don't buy it. I just don't. It doesn't sit right with me. Uh, sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> you, you've read the books, but... <laughs> uh, I, I think I've ad- advocated for two different people at this point, so... <laughs> you have, yeah. Uh, I think Gilderoy is kind of my lead right now. Snape is another sleeper because, I don't know, it's Snape. They always want us to be thinking he's the bad guy, but Snape's not, I just don't. Swooping around like a great bat. Yeah, swooping around like a great bat. <laughs> it could be him, but what's in it for him? What does letting the basilisk out do except, ooh, ooh. If he's the one person who can fend off this dark arts magic, and he gets to show that Gilderoy Lockhart is completely incompetent because he'll be like, oh yeah, no, you totally got this. Go get that basilisk. Like- Give me the defense against the dark arts. Yeah, and then, like, if, if Gilderoy, like, goes out and he's like, nah, I totally got this. Nah, I fought three basilisks Hold before. my drink. I got this. Hold my, yeah, hold my beer. <laughs> and then gets turned to stone. You know, like, Snape's like, oh, looks like we need a new defense against the dark arts teacher. And slides on in. So there is something in this for Snape. And, like, what? So he freezes Hermione like the students that he has to lose are pretty minimal because there aren't any um uh muggle parent wizards in uh Slytherin muggle-born wizards in Slytherin so it's like really he doesn't have any of his own students to lose and he's not killing them anyway they're just getting petrified so it's like what does Snape have to lose here compared to what he has to gain 
And what he has to gain is, like, he can be the one to banish the uh, and carry on the air. And, like, he's secretly racist anyway. So it's, like, it it furthers his causes with pretty minimal risk to his specific team. So I'm, I'm putting Snape in as a contender as well, especially because they haven't brought him to attention at all. Yeah, which is really odd to me. Yeah, that, that yeah. When they were so dead set on Snape not not being good in the last book yeah and they didn't quite get an argument otherwise did they no I mean, no they never really humanized him. like they they knew that he had one of the tasks and it wasn't snape at the end yeah but... yeah but who knows and so i just thought of that but that's so that's kind of one of my leading theories now is that it's snape and he's been like actively trying to expel them yeah yeah and this whole thing could really kind of it's very um, slytherin of him it is very slytherin of him and i don't know he has been acting a little bit weird not so weird he's just snape he's a weird guy uh we haven't seen very much of him and so every scene that we've had with him has seemed a little odd but yeah is that maybe because he's spoken so little like, yeah, so she tries to cram as much, like, this is who Snape is into, like, every little line about him. I mean, we've seen a lot of Lockhart. We've seen the Herbology classroom. We've met Madame Pomfrey, which I don't think we met her before, except no. for, like, right at the very end no, I thought we of had. the last book. She, like, ushered people out and was annoyed. Yeah. And that was it. So she has a little more personality. It's so, like, we're, we're meeting, like, the circle is growing of adults at this school. Yeah, yeah. And... and I love that. I love that we're we got to see Professor Benz in class and we're getting to we don't just spend all this time looking at Snape and thinking he's a bad guy. Yeah, true. And also hearing from everyone else mostly Dumbledore, Dumbledore that like he's fine. Like I hired him, we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, but maybe it's just Rowling's getting to the point where she feels like she doesn't need to just introduce us to the villain right away and like she was relatively sneaky with Quirrell. And I feel like, man, if it is Lockhart, then she just beat us over the heads with this one. Because really, like, that's, this is, if it were Lockhart, this would be so much more obvious than it being Quirrell, in my mind. So much more obvious. Uh, but I guess, you know, when it comes down to it, we'll have to have that conversation later regarding, yeah, yeah that's, you know. Who is the better villain? Who is the better villain? Yeah, because if it is Lockhart, man, we are getting so, so much Lockhart, just in our face Lockhart. So if he was but is actually that the nature of the character, I mean Lockhart is just in your face. Yeah, like, it's both. He's though. spotlight grabbing. Yeah, and Quirrell is shy and like suffering from PTSD, <laughs> and so he doesn't want the attention. Yeah, I just think it. It's an awful lot of Lockhart. It really is. It is. It's a lot of Lockhart. So if it is like, but Lockhart's actually the bad guy, it'd be like, really? <sighs> really? Really? Like, but who knows? So those are my leading theories. Lockhart, Snape, pretty much no one else. Um, if it turns out to be like nearly headless Nick, I'm going to be real upset. Uh, even though I know he's the Gryffindor house guy, but you know what I mean? Uh, he, we've all got secrets. So, uh, one of our last topics, I think, for this chapter. Do you want to talk about the Dobster? Little Dob Dobs? Yeah, a little Dobinator. That's a terrible name. <laughs> it's only going to get worse. Oh. <laughs> um, I have a running list. This is a non sequitur, but I have a running list of, of 
the Dursleys' nicknames for Dudley. <laughs> I yes. feel like I could keep a running list as well of your nicknames for Dobby and run them side <laughs> by side. It'd be great. Um, anyway, yeah, so Dobby appears in the hospital wing when Harry's stuck there overnight growing back his arm, Ugh. and which sounds awful. Really? And Dobby, like, has him stuck there, and he shows up. He's like, man, why, why can't you take a hint? Like, don't be here. I am yeah. trying to get you out of here. Trying real hard. Real hard. I am threatening your life uh, in several different ways. Why are you not letting that be a sign to get out of here? Um, and Harry tells him, like, I need to be here. And he doesn't listen to him. Um, do you think he should? Do you think he should listen to Dobby and not be there? Or uh, See, this is the thing. If Dobby were to actually offer anything more than, like, it's dangerous, like, make a more compelling argument. Uh, because of course it's dangerous. There's always stuff trying to kill. He already faced the Dark Lord Remember and won. So when we first met Dobby, and whenever he let anything leak, he had to punish himself, and still does. Yeah, like I think that's part of why he can't go into details. Just suck it up, man. He's directly <laughs> been forbidden to say anything. I don't know. It seems like he likes Harry Potter an awful lot. You think he'd willing to do something? But do that's you, asking a lot. Do you think if he's privy to whatever is going on, his master, whatever, mm-hmm. would risk letting Dobby go free without any magical restriction? Yeah, no, Like, do you no. think that that is a personal infliction or do you think that's magic that's compelling him to punish himself? It's little column A, little column B. Uh... I will say the whole Dobby thing, he is still a very frustrating character. At least we get a little more um, goblinizing, humanizing, <laughs> goblinizing. Oh, elfinizing. Elfinizing. There we go. Uh, <laughs> of uh, this character where it's like, okay, you know, you're not a bad guy. You just came from bad circumstances. <sighs> but um, we're seeing the extent of Dobby's magic here. He can He can make a bludger you know kind of try to kill people he can close off the platform to nine three quarters which i don't know if i call that one or not but definitely i'm like oh of course of course you like you made the argument that it just (laughs) closed on its own when you were late (laughs) i was like Uh, looking back no (laughs) i can't say no but no that (laughs) is a little silly looking back there, there was that and then like maybe someone tampered with it i think i think we did I think you did guess that, but you were pretty on the like. I, it just automatically closes. Yeah. It's like, well, I, I don't it's know. It's like a timed I lock. Forgot about the Dobbykins, I guess. But well, I was just trying to figure out how how did all the parents get off the platform if it automatically locks? <laughs> like, I think it must have just been locked for. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but, like, but I didn't want to implant that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I wanted you to be surprised. Um, <laughs> were you surprised? By no, Dobby? It no? just made sense. Oh, wait. Oh, by the fact that it was Dobby with the. Uh, I guess I was a little bit because I really wasn't sure. So in that sense, yeah, it was successful. I didn't know it was Dobby doing the whole thing with the bludger. The platform thing makes sense, sure. But um, the bludger, no, I didn't know who did it. He's so. like, that, that, those are some great lengths to get Harry removed from school. Yeah, like, yeah. okay, fine, you're there. I'm going to, like, permanently damage you so you can't be in school anymore. <laughs> he used the phrase, like, gravely injure. I'm like, whew. My. Like, how valuable is this person to you, really? Like, you're yeah. acting like he shouldn't be messed with. Like, he's too great to 
to risk that, but mm. then you're like nearly killing him. Yeah, there's some hook. <laughs> There's some hypocrisy. He's a very mixed emotions character. Uh, but he does reveal um, a pig, like, I wonder what's going to happen. He says, like, oh, if you give me clothes, I'll be free. And it's like, it's like in Aladdin when the genie's like, the only way I'll be free if someone wishes me to be free. And I'm like, huh, I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's like, okay, so another Chekhov's gone. Uh, Dobby will be freed, probably by Harry Potter. Unless for some reason, I guess Ron and his family could decide they want a house elf around. But if he's free, it's, he's not going to be a slave anyway. I don't. I don't think Harry can free him though. Not yet. Oh, it has to be his master. It has to be his master. Oh, like if, if it were that simple, okay. Harry could have been like, like, here's my sweater. That's true. Leave That's true. me alone. Yeah. <laughs> like. like and and I think Harry would have figured that out. It, like he would have phrased it differently or something for Harry to be like, I just need anyone yeah. to give me clothes anyone 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 here's my christmas sweater <laughs> uh i will say what's the point of having a house elf if it can't fold your laundry i really don't like doing laundry it's time consuming it's annoying there's a whole folding thing i've wondered this for a very long time like what do house elves do if not laundry because it is the most detestable of right chores just dishes i guess sweeping mopping dusting like- all these things, but like laundry. Come on, man. That's like, what? Yeah, that's a big thing I would want them for. It's. So. I want to know where that rule came from. I want to know if it's like something deeply like like obviously, if it's like a curse that can be broken. It was a curse that someone like put on their species or hmm. something. Could be. And why that loophole? Like, did the person who cast the curse? secretly love doing laundry so it's like no i don't need my slaves to do my laundry for me like no they were that's uh, where i get my lavender scent like it's great (laughs) they were a uh they were a nudist oh yeah that's the catch no clothes to give them speaking of lavender was there a girl named like lavender brown or something like that yes (laughs) she's gryffindor (laughs) like she has two colors for names that's too funny i have never thought of it that way yeah how has that escaped me for so long (laughs) I'm like lavender brown. That's kind of a pretty combo if it's the right shade of brown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a uh, Dobby the house elf can't do laundry. What's the point? Uh, I still don't know who his master is. I'm assuming it's the heir, right? Whoever whoever is his master is either also the family line that contains the heir, which I guess could still be the Malfoys. I guess. Um, or it's someone that's privy to the whole thing. Does Malfoy have a brother? <laughs> His name is Maleficent. <laughs> Maleficent Malfoy. Malfoy has a sister. Oh, if only. Uh, she'd probably be just as unbearable. Maleficent Malfoy. That would be a fantastic name. Right? Ah, good stuff. I'd name that. Yeah. Um, so... I'm trying to think if there's anything else to say about Dobby. Um. Basically, like, why does Dobby reveal himself to Harry? Just to, like, make a passioned plea? Of, I think like, so. That didn't work. Drat these magical worlds that can actually heal things. But, like, listen to me. I'm going to keep making your life terrible if you don't. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think that Dobby has very few winders, winders, windows of opportunity to, like, get away from his master and sneak out, especially now that this plan is kicking into action where we're starting to see consequences and stuff happening. Uh, so it's like, I think that 
anytime he can go to Harry Potter and be like, hey, 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 please stop, he's going to take that opportunity. And the fact that it happened after his arm was broken and he's still getting treated for it, like, eh, the timing doesn't matter as much to me. I mean... I just, like... Yeah. Why wouldn't he just keep messing with Harry's life? Why does he reveal that, like, I'm keeping you from things. I'm trying to keep you from things. I think otherwise, like, Harry Potter has enough enemies that he could just excuse anything away. He could be like, oh, yep, probably Snape, you know? And and instead, the guy's like, nope, it was me. It was me. No one else. Like, and it was because it you're still here. Yeah. For the greater good. For the betterment of your life. Which... Mm-hmm. How bad does the thing have to be for him to be like, I'm going to train a a beating machine on you for hours. And the only person who will be able to stop that beating machine will be you catching another gold ball. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And you're not going to be able to do that. So it's just going to never ending Quidditch match that you're going to be flying away from this thing until it knocks you out. Yeah. It's uh, pretty brutal. And it's... Yeah, the whole thing's weird. I don't know what to make of it. It's, um, his his logic is not exactly sound. No, and he's not okay. He's just not okay. Just his whole demeanor and how he had to iron his hand, which, ugh, of all the tortures and punishments, man, that's rough. Also, like, he's using a laundry tool. They have irons <laughs> and an ironing board. They're so close to, like, something, actually. Oh, that's funny. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> They're so close to just having wrinkle-free clothing with no worries. Like, you could have put your hands in the oven. Like, you don't even get to go near the clothes, Mm -hmm, but nope. mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's Dobby. He's still annoying. He's still kind of an exposition. He's not even an exposition box because he doesn't tell us anything. It didn't bother me. I didn't get a single thing this whole chapter, or these two chapters of an exposition bot. Like, really, our first ones were in the last episode with Harry and Ron with Quidditch and Mudkip, no! Those were the only... And that wasn't as bad. The only exposition bots this entire book so far. Yeah. Like, that's pretty good, considering the like how much we've learned this book, really. Yeah, and there was a the whole thing with Squidward. But someone needed to say it. Like, but it needed to happen. The way he said it, it was like Harry genuinely had no idea. Yeah, yeah. He had gathered some information, and he asks Ron... Mm-hmm. who laughs and is like, oh my gosh. Like, I think he held back a snigger, technically. Yes. <laughs> so, like, it's a very natural way for someone to learn a new word yeah, that's, yeah. that's making fun of someone or, like, a funny concept. Like, that is how we learn words like that totally. when we're that age. So it, uh, it all felt very natural. I was very proud of Joanne. Yeah, she's doing... Chapters. She's doing I am better and better. So excited for the next chapters. I just can't even. Like they're coming up and I'm remembering how much I love this book and it's great. <laughs> it's gonna be good. There's so much still to be revealed. I feel like I'm honestly gonna be surprised. Like no matter what happens, if it's Snape, I'll be surprised. If it's Gilderoy, it's if it's Giant Spider, I'll be surprised. And that's exciting. Uh, I thought that I'd figured everything out. I had like a nice roadmap, but I don't. So it's great. I'm excited. Uh but before that, we do have to talk about favorite quotes from this chapter. Favorite quotes. <laughs> so I think I'll leave What's this time around. What's your favorite around. quote, Clark? <laughs> so mine is on page 172. Let me uh, flip there real quick. Okay, okay. So <clears throat> page 172. It's when Harry's laying on the ground in the mud, just <laughs> so defeated and beat down with a bludger. 
And uh, he comes to and it says, he came around, rain falling on his face, still lying on the field with someone leaning over him. He saw a glitter of teeth. <laughs> He's like, oh, God, not you. Yeah. And then he even says, oh, no, not you. Like... And then Lockhart, I love this. I was laughing at this. And Lockhart's like, uh, doesn't know what he's saying. <laughs> like... No, it's he doesn't have a problem with me. He's just clearly out of it. Like, and, and Harry's like, no, no, man. Like, I'm officially refusing your help. Go yeah. away. But I just thought, oh, no, not you. And he's like, that doesn't know what he's like, saying. Clearly. He's clear. <laughs> oh, favorite part. Favorite part by far. It was so good. Nice. Uh, how about you? My my favorite quote is also a Lockhartism. Um, mm-hmm. On page 164. Uh, it's it's actually Ron talking about Lockhart and, and they're talking about, well, how are we going to get a signature? And Ron says, oh, come on. <laughs> we'll get you another autograph. Lockhart will sign anything if it stands still long enough. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's just a very uh, condemning but very real mm-hmm. uh, picture of Lockhart that he shares with us. And that was always the running joke in my house growing up. My mom is an artist mm-hmm. and She'd paint everything, backpacks, rocks. I mean, like, we would go to the river and pick out rocks, and then she'd just paint them. Just anything, like bookshelves. Nothing was sacred. So it was always a joke in our house where it's like, well, stand still too long, you're going to get painted. (laughs) So it's like, I totally relate to that. Uh, So we do want to hear your favorite quotes. Uh, And... I already mentioned some ways to get a hold of us. I'm just going to repeat those here. Uh, but you can find us on Twitter at WordstruckPod. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Um, where do you want to tell them? Where? <laughs> Why are you so awkward about this? We do it every time. <laughs> uh, you can also find me on Twitter, me personally, on Twitter at Clark Hodges. And I'm at Alyssa Small. And you can also email us at WordstruckPodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And I do want to do, I, I started this last week and I want to keep doing it this week because I, I genuinely like you guys and your feedback and stuff. So I'm going to read a couple of our iTunes reviews that you guys have left for us. And um, I will say it is a huge help when you guys rate us on iTunes. It gets us in front of more eyes and ears. And that's awesome. And we read all of them. And it makes us happy, like, every time. Like, I will get text messages from Alyssa saying, like, oh, look at this. And it makes us so happy. We got a new review. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely, like, if you haven't yet and you're liking the show, just, you know, think about it. And it's super awesome. We love it. Uh, so let's see. Where did I leave off? <clears throat> so let's see. From, oh, I think I know this one. <laughs> oh. A-G-U-I-R-R-E-26. Oh, Aguirre. Hey, Oscar. Hey, this guy. (laughs) Uh, Says, super fun. Love the dynamic between the Harry Potter nerd and the Harry Potter novice. Thanks. Oh, Aguirre. (laughs) Thanks, Oscar. Appreciate it, man. That's great. Uh, We also have uh, DCM357. Uh, Potter more, please. (laughs) These two have a blast together, and I love hearing someone who has never read the books and someone who has read them repeatedly. Great concept and a fun show. Thank you so much. Um, And the last one uh, from Austin. I mean, (laughs) Glurfy Hogbottom. (laughs) The most underrated podcast on iTunes. And he's sincere about that. He he will text me all the time. Uh, It's funny. But he says, these guys are seriously great. Great discussion and great dynamic between the hosts. 
Thanks, Austin. We like you too, Austin. Yeah, you're great, man. <laughs> so thank you so much uh, for leaving those ratings and reviews. Um, I hope to have like a whole bunch more to read over the next few weeks. That'd be awesome. Um, I, I've, I've been a little sad the last couple of months whenever I look. I, I check like daily if yeah. we have a new review. And it's been a long time that I've been looking. And we'll get there. We'll get, we're getting right into the heat of season two. You know, we're getting all, the good all stuff. All I want for Thanksgiving and Christmas <laughs> and basically every day actually uh-huh. is a new review. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess that's enough pandering for now. Thank yes. you guys so much. Uh, we're excited for next week where things are going to get real. And... Um, Thanks Thanks for for choosing to spend your time with us. Yeah. Appreciate it. It's great. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.